Hello and welcome to, love, to the Authority of Love. I'm your host, Greg Williams, and I'm excited, and as always, with our great guest, a little bummed. Welcome back, Rebecca Perryman, wife, mom, friend, counselor, uh, etc., and executive director, Lane of Roses, for our final day this week. Now, I know you've been blessed, and we've had a lot of fun, right, Rebecca? Yes. We've had fun? Good. Okay. Yes. okay. I guess I should clarify, I'm not bummed to welcome her back, okay, for our final day, uh, but I'm just bummed that it's our last day, as I say with all of our guests, because they have great stories, God's story through you. That's the thing. So, as always, if you missed any previous programs, check them out at WJMM.com, podcast tab near the upper right, Love and Lordship links you get today, previous two days. Then you can go to loveandlordship.com and find out more. And I think, hopefully, you're going to share some of this maybe on Lane of Roses, yes, too. We'll we get that out there mm-hmm. and all of those. So, look for laneofroses.com. And we'll be getting it out there because it's such an incredible story of what God has done. Um, Rebecca, we closed yesterday talking about, well, the whole day yesterday, mm-hmm. was talking about the first and second greatest command. Yes. And how we keep finding people that are trying to love others without knowing what it means first to love God yeah. and then love themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of your all's ministry. So I want to do this. I want to say this and then pitch it to you. Yes. In our me first, mm-hmm. self-absorbed, self-centered, feeling, emotion-driven mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard for people to even comprehend or understand what we're talking about here because they say they're doing this in in their emotions or their circumstances, Mm -hmm. but because they don't have the Lord, they don't understand what this kind of love is. So talk a little about that and how God used the things in your life to teach you that and then how you're teaching others through Lane of Road. Yeah. Um, I would just kind of share when it shifted for me, really. So I shared about my story. In high school, I struggled with an eating disorder. Um, and you know, I had faith, but my identity was wrapped up in all the things of the world. And I came to college and I was just over this eating disorder. Like I was so sick of it, but I also wanted it more than I wanted God. It had a hold on you, right? It did. Yeah. And when it came down to it, it's like, I, um, I loved it more than I loved God. And my actions, even though like my feelings may not have been that You would have never said that, right? No, but looking back, it's like that it was an idol um and who would i be without it was also the thing right it's like and so i really it was i remember the moment in my college dorm just kind of just surrendering it all and saying god i know like this will probably be one of the hardest things i do but i just i surrender my whole life to you i i can't live this way anymore there's got to be something better and that was just the shift for me that was the moment of just like that verbal god i just i give you this life my entire life is yours and things just started moving. Um, and healing did eventually come years later. And anyone out there struggling with an oh, eating disorder. Please say that again. Years. You surrendered it. Healing came, but it was. Years later. Yeah. And and still, like there's still things um, I'm healing from. And I will say I'm thankful to be fully recovered from an eating disorder. But it was, you know, three, four years yeah. of intensive work with the Lord. And I think that's just it. It's like you, I personally, I was told I would never heal from an eating disorder. That's what someone told me. Mm-hmm. Um, someone I love and trust that had struggled with an eating disorder, she's like, you will always struggle with this. And I looked at her and said, I can't. That can't be my story. <laughs> um, and yeah. I, you know, that's what I told God. And I think eating disorders and any kind of addictive behavior yeah. outside of God, it is um, I, probably impossible to yeah. truly. Well, they're strongholds. Yes. And we have, as Oswald Chambers says, the reason that they have control over you is because somewhere back in the past you willingly submitted to them. Yes. Which speaks to how we're supposed to also willingly submit to the Lord. Lord. Yes. Um, And so I, you know, God just really, through that moment of surrender, 
um, just moved in my life. And that's really um, every hard thing I've been through, I can link back to a moment of surrender. So with our adoption, um, and, and actually starting with my husband, um, I was single for all of my life until I met Patrick. He was my first everything, first boyfriend, uh-huh. first kiss, first all of it. Right. Um, and and a lot of that came from just some bad theology from the church. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. Um, and being no. raised in just kind of, um, you know, like I, I feared having a boyfriend because I feared I would be a bad girl. Right, right. <laughs> Which is not, right. that's not super great. But God did protect me from hurts. Well, we motivate by fear rather than love yes. oftentimes, right? And that is definitely, um, and and it happened, I can remember the memory, Sunday school, where it all stems from, but Mm -hmm. all good. God brought me Patrick, um, and really that also is from a moment surrender, um, and just realizing, like, I I was miserable being single, and I tell people this, you know, people say, once you're content being single, they'll come, and I'm like, no, I was never content being single. (laughs) I wasn't, and it's because I desired to be married, and God put that desire there. Um, but yeah, he started in the garden with a marriage, so yes. it's pretty strong. Yes, right? yeah. and um, he just brought me to a moment one day where he's like, Rebecca, you know, you you are worth waiting for. People will tell that to you when you're single. You're so worth waiting for, and that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah. But really, God was like, you are worth waiting for, but so is he. Like, your husband is worth waiting for. Yeah. So I need yeah. you to just surrender and let me take care of it. Trust and me. you know what? Yeah. Patrick was worth it waiting for yes, and I yes. needed to wait for him um and so like that is one moment of surrender with adoption like I wanted to be a mom from the moment I can remember like in kindergarten in our yearbook it's like what do you want to be everyone else is like a doctor a teacher mine says mom um that's <laughs> yeah. what I wanted to be oh isn't it? it's interesting then the the, the the journey the Lord led yes. you on right and so wow. Through adoption and infertility, learning to surrender my motherhood from the moment that I was even starting that journey, right? Like, I think everyone eventually, if you're a believer and you're a mom, you eventually learn somewhere along the way, you got to surrender it because motherhood's yeah, hard. that's the way it works. Anything <laughs> yeah. in this life with, with the Lord. You just got to give yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, and so really just, yeah, from the moment with adoption, like, it's, it was about surrender. And I love telling the story of Noralee and how um, we got her. And I won't be able to share all of it right now, but I share a lot about it on my Instagram. So yeah, please go check it out. It's really good. Out. Good story, um, yes. But essentially it started with a dream. In the dream, somebody gave me a baby, and her name was Nora with an H. And I wake up, in that dream, it was at my parents' house in Louisville. I wake up, I tell Patrick about this dream. I said, um, in the dream, her name was Nora. And it was spelled with an H. I said, I don't want to spell it with an H, though. I, I've always wanted to name my first daughter Nora after my great-grandmother. Um, and But as soon as I said, we're not going to spell it that way, it's like the spirit was like, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> um, and I told Patrick, I was like, oh, that was super weird. And he said, sorry, sorry. Yes. Yeah. He said, well, you know what H means? Like when the Bible, when God puts an H in somebody's name, it represents covenant. Um, and he was like, I feel like God's telling us, like he is promising us this. So I took that dream originally to be like, oh, we're going to get pregnant and we're going to have a baby sure, sure. and we're going to have a daughter. Her name's yeah. going to be Nora. Um, and then, you know, through a sequence of crazy events, we felt very called to adoption. So that dream was on January 5th, 2007. And you said earlier, at this time, you didn't even know no, that the could, infertility no, was an issue, right? Absolutely not. You so just felt led to adopt. Adopt. Right. Through okay. a sequence of events, yes. Right. Um, and so that dream was January 5th, 2017. January 5th, 2018, Norley was born in Louisville, Kentucky. And wow. somebody obviously had to give us her. Right. We were to name her Nora. 
with an H. Um, and so it still gives wow. me cold chills of, yeah. and just how we got there, all the affirmation along the way. But there were trials and there was a lot of surrender. Um, and it was hard and it hurt. Um, and it was, you know, her birth mom did the most selfish thing she could do for Nora and, and for us. Uh, or selfless. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Selfless. Yeah. Selfless thing. Um, and um, I look back at that story and, and that woman, she's so strong. And she did. She did what was best for Nora Lee um, and what was best for her and her relationship with the Lord. Um, and so, it, but it was surrender from us, surrender from her um, to, to God and what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And then um, from there with infertility, it was just another moment of surrendering, surrendering my womb, um, right? And like, right. if right. I'm never gonna get pregnant, then okay. Um, and then then another you know and that led to Jackson and and then surrendering with Lane of Roses like I went to school to be a teacher that was what I was supposed to do that was what I was always going to do in my senior year of college people started asking me what do you want to do after college and I started saying um, well I'm thinking about teaching or maybe I'll go work at a church and I would be like what like <laughs> I, I've never said that before um, yeah. and it was this calling of ministry on my life and and so, you know, it was, I remember being a senior and starting to pursue a ministry opportunity alongside of getting, I didn't even have to interview for some of them, getting jobs in a county that was very hard to get jobs in. Mm-hmm. And God just saying, just pick either way you are going to glorify, like you can glorify me, but you pick. And I knew in my heart that I was being called to ministry. Yeah. And, but it was surrender. And that one took a lot longer. My, I did not realize how much my identity was wrapped up in success and a job. Mm-hmm. And um, doing what I felt like I was always told. That's the world's message. Yes. It's very easy to get caught up in it. So those are just some little, but I mean, it's daily surrender, right? Like motherhood, leading a staff team, being a wife. Moment by moment. Moment by moment, surrender to self. um, And just receiving God's, I think you hear surrender and you're like, oh, that that hurts. That's Mm -hmm. hard. But, oh my gosh, what would I have missed out on if I hadn't? I would have missed out on Patrick, on Nora, on on Jackson, on Lane of Roses, these these huge blessings of my yeah. life, they were what was best and God knew it. So what what is the what then is as we close out today in the week, what is then that that message you kind of hit it all, surrender, the greatest commands, love God, love yourself. Mm-hmm, love. Mm-hmm. How do you bring that all together then when you're discipling and, and helping young ladies? Because they're going to be eventually wives and mothers yes. and workers yes. and, and, and ministry and whatever else it may be. Yeah. Um, I just think the biggest thing is um, really asking, like I'm, I'm discipling someone right now, and just talk, we've talked a lot about do you love God more than you love your sin? And and sometimes and yourself and yes <laughs> and sometimes um, you know the answer did you have to be honest and you're like no I love my sin more and currently this well and even if they don't oftentimes it's you tell me you do but you keep choosing the sin you keep choosing the sin that tells yeah. me what you love yes right it tells you what you love exactly great evaluation tool um, and just with her specifically we've talked a lot about like sometimes you. You, she's recovering from an eating disorder as well. And just, um, I tell her, it's like, it's okay that you don't want to get better. What's not okay is that you're not asking God to help you. Mm-hmm. I said, you, I had to pray a prayer, God, I don't want to get better. Help me want to want to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and he will. He will yes. put that desire. Oh, yeah, he's faithful. Yeah. And yeah. so, I, because I was loving my sin more than I was loving him. And then once you 
start to really to, to fall completely in love with him, mm. I feel like everything else just kind of flows from that place of just like... That's his whole design, Rebecca. Yeah. You just said it. That's why he made that first. It yeah. wasn't just because he deserves it and he's the greatest. It's a it's big part best. of it. Yes. It's because it's the only way it will work. Yeah. And that's what we've got to get people to understand. Don't just come and get saved and go to church and start serving people. We need to teach you how to love God. Yeah. And in the process, you'll learn to love yourself. And then, and then you can love others. others. That's what yeah. I hear in Lane of Roses, and, and I love we'll, it. And we'll live a purpose. So ours is purpose, right? Like So we say, Ephesians 2.10, for we are um, God's masterpiece created new through Christ Jesus to do the good works he planned for us long ago. We often yes. skip the first part and go straight to the good works. Yes. Um, but that's our purpose, right? We want to live a life of purpose. Well, I say that identity leads to purpose. So yes. knowing who God is and who he made you to be will lead to a life of purpose. But identity is the choice. You have to choose to put your identity in Christ. That's right. Purpose is the outcome. I say in the book, there are hundreds of commands and no demands. That's a loving God and King and Lord who says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. You will choose to keep them. And that's what it is. So we're we're out of time. And I hate that. But maybe some other time we can come back and fill in some more. Uh, Tell our listeners again how they can reach you. So um, best way would be Instagram, Rebecca underscore Perryman, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, or Rebecca at laneofroses.com. Or you can just check us out. Check me out at Lane of Roses. We have an Instagram and a website. And so you're listening to this on the radio. You might be listening on podcast or video, but share it and help others. Great story. Rebecca, thank you so much. Thank you for for a great day and a great week. Your witness and testimony for Christ. And for all you and Lane of Rose's team are, are allowing the Lord to do through you. It's wonderful. It's great. Uh, join us again next Monday for more on our walk with Christ as Lord and in his love and lordship. We want to thank our listeners for joining us. Thanks again for your prayers and thanks always to the Lord. Go make it a great day and a great weekend in Christ. Now stay tuned for my good friend Bill Reeser. And don't forget to check out Hope is Here with my good friend Greg Horn as well. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.